I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. to another edition of the world-renowned, hardly ever listened to, Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie U, best of the world of what he does. Yeah, man, it's going to be a nice long week, 
but a nice, long, exciting week for yours truly. I have some things that I can actually finally divulge, but I will tease that now, and I will actually answer that at the end of this episode. Trust me. If you're a listener of this episode, if you're a listener of this podcast, then you'll be very, very, very pleased with the news that I will spew later on. This week, I'm not even going to lie, my mood is way different than it was last week. And that's because my New York J-E-T-S Jets reverted back to the S-O-J, the same old Jets, in a disgusting losing fashion this past Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Not only did I have that misfortune this weekend, I'm recording this Monday night slash early Tuesday morning, approximately less than an hour after the Monday night matchup between the New York football giants and the Dallas Cowboys, in which the New York football giants came up short for their first loss of the season by the score of Dallas 23, the Giants 16. So you would probably wonder like, well, you know, Donnie, you, you really don't really root for the Giants like that. So why would that have any bearing on your mood? Well, I went against my own self and, um, Put some coin down. Tried to hit a parlay, you know, and I think that's probably my problem. Trying to hit these fucking parlays. So I put some coin down. And needless to say, I did not hit said parlay. I will get into the details of that later on this episode. Might as well give y'all the rundown of what y'all are going to hear on this here episode. I will talk about my New York J-E-T-S, Jets, and their latest loss. And the disturbing, even I should say, more disturbing details that I've noticed this past week. That um, it's going to come in Rhea's ugly head. I will discuss this Monday night's matchup with the New York Football Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. I will give you a couple of points that I want to get into with a couple of teams this past weekend that really starting to worry me. Starting to be a little bit worrisome. If you're fans of those teams, I would go around the NFL. And then last but definitely not least, my favorite segment, unfortunately, not so favorite for my pockets, Donnie does not know what the fuck he's doing aka donnie's gambling slash fantasy football recap all that is on deck this week Hmm. so without further ado let's get this shit on the road huh good night and goodbye Something blasphemous is about to come out my mouth right about now. 
yesterday, well, this past Sunday, I watched three games, more or less from beginning to end. I watched the Jets against the Bengals. That was the opening, opening salvo, the opening game of the of the of the week of the afternoon on channel two. Then you had the commanders to watch the commanders um getting their ass whooped by the Eagles on channel five. The four o'clock game was light in the city. Only thing they offered was the Bucks versus the Packers, which yeah, that is the marquee game. I knew that even though it came down to the end and it's going to be exciting, eh, it was a lot of it was a lot of a lot of factors in the uh, that came into play that made it a very low scoring game, and I'll get into that later. And then, of course, you had the Sunday night game with Denver and Russell Wilson at home against the 49ers and Jimmy G taking over for Trey Lance with the uh, season-ending injury. So I'm watching all these games. And I said something to my wife today when we was running errands that I don't ever recall myself saying, ever. And it was like, yo, I watched so much football yesterday by the end of the day, I didn't want to watch no more fuck football. I didn't want to hear anything about it. I didn't want to watch no recaps. I just was burnt out on football. It, so much so that, not, well, last night when I was getting ready for, you know, getting ready for the Giants and the Cowboys, I'm like, okay, well, last week I split it up so I had um rural on, on on the TV and then I had the game on the phone and if anything I could switch and vice versa. This week I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. But I was actually dreading it. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. See, there's two reasons why I'm being more invested in football this season. One is because I want to give y'all the most honest opinion that Donnie can. And number two, I have to have more of a wider, a wider view of the league this year due to something that I'm going to let y'all know about at the end of this episode. But trust, trust and believe, I want to give my 110% to that, which is kind of crazy because I usually don't give 110% to shit except for raising my kids and, you know, taking care of the missus. Anyway, to get right back on topic, matter of fact, I never got on the topic, but the topic at hand. It's the New York JET at Jet Jet Jets. In their 27 to 12 loss against the previously winless 
Cincinnati Bengals. Coming in before the beginning of the season, when I looked at these first first four games, all against the AFC North. I was about to say the AFC Central, but that's for another day. When I looked at these first four games, and I've said it previously, I'm like, well, you know, I can see it's going two and two. I figured we would probably lose against Baltimore. We would win against Cleveland. I had no idea it was going to be in that fashion, but I figured we was going to win nevertheless. Cincinnati, I actually initially chalked up as a loss. But a loss in fluke fashion, but a loss nevertheless. And then the Pittsburgh game was the game that I said, you know what, we're going to win that one. So I figured we were going to be two and two at the most three and one with the Cincinnati game being a win. Coming into the game, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Jets lost. I stood clear of that game with putting any of my coin on it. But I wouldn't have been surprised if it was going to be a loss because there were factors. Factor number one the Cincinnati Bengals coming into MetLife Stadium, winless, coming off a Super Bowl appearance in a previous season. Close losses against Pittsburgh in, in week one. Dallas in week two. Joe Burrow getting his ass bust the first two games. Sacked 13 times. So... You knew they were going to have a chip on their shoulder. You knew they was going to be out for blood. But I figured, well, maybe it's a, it's a turn in the tide. Maybe the tide is finally on our side. Last week's miraculous victory, we could use that to propel ourselves to heights this season that we haven't reached in over a decade. So I figured it was going to be like clockwork. Tick, tick, tick. I should have known that tick, tick, tick was more the sound of the ticking time bomb known as Donnie fucking O. Where should I begin? Where should I begin? The Bengals offensive line has been dreadful the first two games of the season. Even at a worse rate or a rate, an accelerated rate to be worse than they were last year. He was on pace. I know it's early in the season, but listen, that's why numbers can be skewed. But nevertheless, I'm going to give y'all the stats. He was on pace to get sacked over 105 times this season. That's the rate he was getting sacked at. Six sacks in one, seven sacks in another, 13 total. No matter how many weapons they have, if he was getting sacked at a quicker rate that he was getting last year, in which they made the Super Bowl, 
they were not going to be able to exploit the other team with said weapons. So, but like I said, I figured they're coming in with a chip on the shoulder. But I'm figuring, well, you know, we got the highest paid defensive line in football. Yeah, I didn't stutter. The highest paid defensive line in football. We have Carl Lawson. We have Franklin, what, something such as Franklin Myers. The fuck? I don't know why they gave him the bag so quick. He cost us fucking McDowell inboxing me 12.30 in the morning. Hmm. I swear, even when I try not to mention him, he makes his <laughs> he makes his fucking present known. <laughs> present known as, as a notification chime. Ding! Thanks, McDowell. You done got me on a tangent. But um, where was I? Yeah. Carl Lawson. Franklin Myers. We have on um, um, Quentin Williams, who's doing his job. People fail to realize that a defensive tackle is not going to get 15, 20 sacks a se- season. Defensive tackle's job is to disrupt. A defensive tackle's job is to take up those blocks to free the pass rushes on the end. Franklin Myers, Carl Lawson. Where are y'all? But you would think with such an outstanding defensive line, so, so they say, against a putrid offensive line, then it should have been rabbit season, right? You know how many times we t- we sacked him? Twice. Twice. I said something to the Mojo King the other night concerning Joe Burrow, and I said, they got this motherfucker looking like Kyler motherfucking Murray. Every time we did get some pressure, and I'm not going to lie, we did get some pressure, he would scramble out the pocket and nine times out of ten we scrambled out the pocket it was a first down pass a long completion down the field the aforementioned franklin myers committed a unsportsmanlike penalty unnecessary roughness roughing the passer on a key third down in which we could have got them off the field and alleviated any more damage. But you know you know what happened? No. He hits Burrow a good two seconds after, well, matter of fact, a good two steps after Burrow got rid of the ball and gave him a, and made sure he fell on top of him. Two plays later, two or three plays later, A long touchdown reception from Tyler Boyd, but not so much long in the air. No, 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 no. Jordan Whitehead trying to give him the blow of death, 
collided with his fellow Jet and allowed Tyler Boyd to scamper 50-plus yards into the end zone at the end of the first quarter to give them a 14-6 lead. And that's as close as we've ever gotten in the rest of the game. There's a reoccurring theme when it comes to the New York JETS Jets. And that's being very undisciplined. Today's going to be a shout-out day. Fuck it. I'm shouting out everybody. Because I love you. My bro, Smitty, from the group home in Bergen Beach, chopped it up with him the other day. Matter of fact, immediately preceding the lost. And I was telling him, I'm like, look, yo, I think it's, I, I really think it's coaching. He was like, really? I'm like, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to come to that conclusion. But last year, you can say lack of talent. Lack of talent, first year, first time doing everything. You got first time coordinator, first time head coach. First time starting quarterback in the NFL. First time starting running back. You just had a whole bunch of inexperience and lack of talent. This year, we had an influx of talent. Now, you still have some of the talent that's left over. They have those bad habits. And that's why I'm so um, confused in why they gave Franklin Myers the bag so soon because, to me, he's part of that old regime. He's part of that old problem. I'm sorry. Problem and nevertheless. We're not gonna. It's, it's not gonna. It's, we're not gonna improve by keeping players such as that, undisciplined players such as that. But we have an influx of talent. We have both drafted talent and talent from winning programs. And I feel that this coaching staff is not putting the players in the best position to succeed. Okay. You have Garrett Wilson, who's shown and proved that he should be the legitimate number one. Like I said last week, they need to revolve the offense around him. What do we do? We have Elijah Moore featured as the number one and trying to give him 50-50 balls down the, down the sideline. Why? That's what you have Garrett Wilson for. When he was out with a potential rib injury, then, well, that's what you're giving Corey Davis the money for. Plus, he has the stature. He's 6'3". Elijah Moore is barely 5'10". That's an example of not putting your players in the position to succeed. Our Our head coach, and he's threading a very, very thin line with losing the fan base and having the fan base hostile against him. I'm not going to count myself as one of those people as of yet. But this man is a defensive coach, right? The reason he got the job 
is because he's a defensive coach, defensive coordinator, defensive motivator. Correct? His specialty is the defensive line. We have the highest defensive paid defensive line in the league. How come we're averaging damn near 30 points a game given up? We gave up 30 yesterday. We gave up 30 last week. And we gave up, I believe, 27 in week one. So, this is a repeat from last season. Offenses have, our, our defense gives no offense any type of resistance whatsoever. I guarantee you, watch Mitch Trubisky be Lamar Jackson out that motherfucker next week. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Mm-mm-mm. Some bullshit. Now, of course, I got some trusty ass notes. I.e., trusty ass memos. And it's going to give me some type of structure and hopefully cut this shit down before I go a whole hour in my commiseration. The stupid ass penalties continue. Roughing the passer on third and long to continue to drive by Franklin Myers. Source, Source Gardner, one thing that I have to say. Source Gardner showed and proved yesterday. Every time he made a, matter of fact, he made a point to seek Jamar Chase out. And the times that he was on him one-on-one, he didn't hear Jamar Chase name whatsoever. A couple times he made a point of nah, nah, shut that down. And he was talking his shit. So, source with a great play in the deep with a deep uh, on a deep throw. Do you did y'all know that Source Gardner has his own source at Buffalo Wild Wings? See, I need to go to a Buffalo Wild Wings. I heard the sauce flavor is more of a smoky, sweet barbecue. That's right up my alley. I like Buffalo Wild Wings over Wingstop. But unfortunately, I'm in a Wingstop household. So that means when they order Wingstop, I got to deal with that shit. Or I will not eat any takeout. Or they just laugh in my face with their garlic parmesan. And they Mango habanero and the hickory smoked barbecue, which is <laughs> only thing I like of Wingstop is the Cajun corn. <laughs> Go figure, right? I used to like Wingstop, but uh, yeah. Anyway, they have Sauce Gardener has a has its own flavor at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I must taste it. Back to the Flacco has such a lack of awareness. He got stripped. He got strip sacked like two times. He's lost two fumbles. He accounted for all four turnovers um, this past Sunday. Two strip sacks, two interceptions. And one of the interceptions was almost Zach Wilson-esque throwing into triple coverage, trying to force it into the receiver, but this time was over the middle. Come on, come on, Flacco. You know better than that. 
Flacco has such a lack of awareness. Blind side hits are a common, common occurrence because of his lack of mobility. The Jets were constantly shooting themselves in the foot on offense. Every time they get a little momentum, once again, it's a penalty. Once again, it's a sack. Once again, it's a strip sack turnover. Once again, an interception. They could not get any momentum going whatsoever. The long-developing plays do more harm than good. And that goes back to coaching. You have Joe Flacco. He is a statue back there. You have a turnstile at left tackle because George Fant got injured. So now that's the third left tackle we've lost in three weeks. Well, since the beginning of the season. We lost Makai Becton in training camp. We lost Dwayne Brown, who was a free agent acquisition to replace Makai Becton. We lost him in preseason, and now we're potentially losing George Fant for a significant time. So they had to put swingman Connor McDermott at left tackle. That's a problem. But now, with all that being said, you're still calling these slow, long, developing plays down the field when you know Flacco is his blind side, like I said, is a turnstile. The fuck? Why? Strip sack, strip sack, fumble. It's coaching. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, it, we need we need a CEO. Salah is probably a great coordinator. Mike LaFleur has the potential to be a great coordinator. But this combination is not going to work. It's not going to work. I don't know what they're going to... I'm getting ahead of myself. Back to the notes. No pass rush against a bad offensive line. To me, like I said, Salah's a defensive coach, defensive line coach. What the fuck? Do y'all not have any type of schemes? The talent is there. DJ Reed had plenty of great plays in the secondary. The secondary has been upgraded. The talent is there. But the scheme, there's something wrong with the scheme. Quentin Williams got into it with his defensive line coach on the sideline. On the play in which Tyler Boyd shook off Jordan Whitehead's little bullshit-ass shiver, Quentin Williams was tight because he's doing his job. But him doing his job is now allowing anybody else to do their job based on the fucking scheme. And I'll be upset my damn self. Back to the notes. They can't get home even when they blitz. Another penalty. Unnecessary roughness. Garrett Wilson injured his ribs. Flacco with an inexcusable interception trying to force and that's the one i was talking about he was trying to force it in the triple coverage over the middle on a jump ball to braxton barrios not Corey davis braxton barrios the energy to me had been drained from the team four field goals the o-line is a sieve sieve y'all know what the fuck i'm trying to say 
Fant is out with a knee injury. McDermott's playing left tackle. Henderson has feasted on Flacco. Driving mid-fourth quarter, Corey Davis made a stupid penalty in the red zone that was unsportsmanlike conduct that made it go from... Ah, Corey Davis committed a penalty in the red zone when they was attempting a comeback in early in the fourth quarter. And that penalty made it go from second and six to third and 21. And I believe Sacco had his second strip sack. Strip fumble. We didn't get no points. Zero. Zilch. Salah said in his weekly with Michael K that that was effectively was the end of the game with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, but I understand where he's coming from. There's a stat that's very glaring, and this stat is this. Do you know that the JETS 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 have only led for 22 seconds this season? Total. A total of 22 seconds this season. Hence, we're one and two. Hence, Zach Wilson will probably be forced into the starting lineup. He will be rusty. He is still a rookie. He is not a finished product whatsoever, so he's not really the savior, but he's going to be leaned on as the savior. If he can go into Pittsburgh and win, that'll give me, the Jeff Faithful, and himself uber competence if he goes into their struggle unfortunately it'll be accepted i mean expected but it won't be accepted yeah it'll be expected but it won't be accepted and to me that won't be fair to him at least not now because i'm looking at the schedule the next the next uh the next games is uh what pittsburgh Dolphins, uh, Green Bay, Denver, Buffalo. Where do you see a win? I'm looking at that schedule and I'm like, if we beat Pittsburgh, we might be two and six. We'll probably be one and seven. And effectively, the season is over before Thanksgiving once again. One and seven. Salah might not make it. The free agent acquisitions, yeah, some of them have not panned out. To me, as of now, some it's a 50-50 proposition. CJ Azuma, where the fuck is he at? Tyler Conklin, two fumbles, two drops in the first three games. They're not utilizing the tight ends whatsoever. I wonder if CJ's having something to say about that. And that's why he's having a lack of playing time. But he has also been dealing with an injured groin, injured hamstring. I'm saying, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the at the roster, and I'm thinking going into the season, I'm like, we got a double-headed tight end. Now, especially with the injuries on the left tackle's position, we should be going too tight in so much more. And if the rookie is not 
able record. If he's not able to contribute, that's a bad sign. Why the fuck he's on the roster? I don't know. It's going to be, um, hmm. it's going to be very, 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 um, upsetting to me. Cause I'm not going to lie. I had expectations. Yeah. Maybe the expectations were lofty, too lofty. But I had expectations. I just knew the Jets were going to be at least competitive the majority of the season. And this is, it's not even October yet. And I'm already in the mode of same old Jets, SOJ, the SOS, the same old shit. It's happening for the last 11 years and counting. 11 years and counting. But we must persevere. So on the Pittsburgh, we go. On to Pittsburgh, we go. I was debating in between segments on whether or not that I was going to devote a full segment to the New York football giants and their loss this past Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys on whether or not how much slander whether true or false i was going to spew upon the new york football giants because new york football giants lost me some coin some potential coin i'll say potential because i didn't really lose much i would talk about the amount well i would talk about exactly how they cost me Later on this podcast, this episode, Dine doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I don't know. I, I swear I didn't know what the fuck I was doing by even attempting to uh, gain some wealth at the hands of the New York football giants. But to put my bias to the side, from the amount of the game that I saw, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch the whole game. Tell you the truth, I fell asleep in the middle of the game. Woke up, watched the end. They lost by the score of 23-16. to 16. New York was up at one time 13-7. to 7. Dallas scored, I believe, 17 unanswered points to take the lead. And the Giants tried, but ultimately failed to come back toward the end of the game. And Dallas clinched the game with a Q Diggs interception from Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes, my ass. A loss is a loss is a loss, but all losses are not the same. At first glance, you would look at this game and say, darn, this is kind of a repeat from the, especially the last 
two seasons in which they hung tight against a superior team, but just could not muster enough to get over the hump. Or they would shoot themselves in the foot, and that would prevent them from getting over the hump. But this time, I, like I've said in the fe- in the first two weeks of the season, the vibe around this team is different. And as much as it would be so easy for me to take the low-hanging fruit and shoot my shots and kick y'all while y'all down, I'm not I'm going to refrain from doing that and admit that the vibe is different. One thing that's apparent, Daniel Jones is not the quarterback of the future. Is not the quarterback for this franchise, and damn sure is not going to go any further past this season with Brian Dayball as coach, because he he cannot execute the plays that Dayball is calling. Dayball is designing. Can't execute them consistently enough for them to get over the hump. There were. Unfortunately, at the end, toward the end of the game, Sterling Shepard suffered a knee injury, a non-contact knee injury. And during the replay, before the injury, Sterling Shepard was wide the fuck open. I forgot where Jones ended up going with the ball, but there have been there have been times between Saquon Barkley having a productive game maybe not the outrageous game that he had against Tennessee at the opening game of the season but he had a productive game both out the backfield and running the ball running the rock their problem right now is talent their problem is opposite from my New York J-E-T-S J-J-Jets the problem is talent. They just don't have enough talent. Kenny Galladay with a clutch drop in the fourth quarter when they was making their potential comeback. Um, Kenny Stills on the interception fell, and that's that, that that's what allowed Diggs to get the interception to lock up the game. Um. Dun, 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 dun. What you doing? What kind of snack? Beef jerky? Mmm. Nice. Spicy. Huh? No, that's all right. It's all right. Yeah, I'm talking to my daughter, Kay. Love you, too. See you in the morning. All right. Yeah, I swear, y'all, y'all, y'all lucky. Y'all giant fans are lucky. Anyway, uh, where was I? Yes, Kenny Stills um, fell down on the interception of Diggs, and the offensive line was not good. But then at the same time, Dallas defense was reared up. Dallas rushed. Matter of fact, 
Dallas had 24 quarterback pressures. Daniel Jones came into this came into the game the fourth most hit quarterback in the league through the first two games. I got these stats before I get into uh nothing else because like I said I I think the Gi- Giants fans have a good reason to feel optimistic. I believe y'all are going to be 3 and 1 at the end of next Sunday when y'all go against the Chicago Bears cuz Chicago can't score worse than y'all can't score. I I I'm, I'm sorry uh Chicago Justin Fields might not be that dude. I'm sorry. I, I maybe because he got screwed up by Matt Nagy last year. I don't know, but regardless. So Giants gonna be three and one next next week at the end of next week. But I got some stats to get out uh, to to give y'all before I get out of here. The Giants are 25, 55, and one on Monday nights. Yeah, let me repeat. The New York football giants have 25 wins, 55 losses, and one tie. I remember that tie, too. That tie came, I believe, 1983 against the St. Louis Cardinals, who are now the Los Angeles Rams. No, no, no. Yeah, no. St. Louis Cardinals, who are now the Arizona Cardinals. Duh. Yeah, I remember that. It was, I think, November. I think it was November 1983. Scott Bruner. That was Bill Parcells' first year as head coach. Scott Bruner was the cornerback. Was the quarterback. Because Phil Sims was hurt. Phil Sims, first couple years... Before he broke out in 84, he was hurt. He was injury prone. But yeah, that's where that one tie came from. Because it was the day before election day. And I remember my mom and my grandma let me stay home that day. So that's why I was able to stay up that whole night to watch the tie. (laughs) The tie. I remember that. So yeah, but... What is that? 81 games on Monday night, and they've only won 25 games? Disgusting. Why why do they have so many damn primetime games? Why do they have so many Monday night games? I don't think the Jets are on Monday night. Not at all. I think the last time the Jets was on Monday night was like a couple seasons ago against Denver. Daniel Jones is 0-8. Well, now, oh, in nine, in primetime games. Why the fuck has Daniel Jones been in nine primetime games? I remember he's been on Thursday night games, but everybody gets a chance on Thursday night. Okay. Monday night, why? He's even been on a Sunday night game. Why? Think about it. Have they won more than five games since Daniel Jones has been the quarterback of the New York football Giants? No. Anyway, yeah, I think that's it. But never fear. Do not fear New York football Giants fans. Yeah. Yeah. 
one more offseason, one more good draft, a couple more uh, free agent pickups, be able to uh, settle out the salary cap situation, get under the cap, get that back in order. That's why a couple episodes ago, I labeled it as Jealous One's Envy. Because the Giants have something right now that is fleeting with my brothers in green. And that's hope. H-O-P. I swear. So, y'all, I mean, look, nobody expected y'all to win, even though, do you know Dallas was an underdog tonight? Slight underdog, but underdog nevertheless. I don't know why I didn't fucking choose that, but. Well, I want to give a couple uh, tidbits on what I witnessed this past week in NFL action. A couple of news headlines so to speak i gotta come up with a name for this segment besides just around the nfl fuck it around the nfl i go first step or first stop is out west to la to sofa stadium in which my Los Angeles Chargers. Matter of fact, not my Los Angeles Chargers, but the Los Angeles Chargers got smacked, got stomped by the Jacksonville Jaguars 38 to 10. And it wasn't that close. Justin Herbert played the entire game, fighting the pain from a rib cartilage injury. Rig car a fractured rib cartilage, whatever that means. Torn, I've heard torn rib cartilage, but fractured to me, pretty much it's a fractured rib. I've never heard of fractured cartilage. Cartilage is not bone, it's gristle. So, how can you fracture gristle? Yeah, why in the hell in a game? Early in the season, that's gotten away from you. Do you have your franchise quarterback who was already injured left in the game? You left it up to him. He said, I stayed in the game even though we was losing because I did not want to give up on my fellow teammates. I didn't want to give up on my guys. While that's admirable. It should not be his decision. Staley, what the fuck are you doing? You cost them a postseason victory, I mean, a postseason appearance last year through your arrogance, through your fucking ego. Now, this year already, when he initially got hurt, you allowed him to go back in the game where he could not even protect himself. Yeah, he threw a touchdown because Herbert's that motherfucking dude. 
But then you allow him to go into this game with said injury. And when the game got out of hand, you still have him in the fucking game. How is he ever going to fully mend when you cannot sneak fucking times, extra, extra fucking time to mend? The fuck? I swear that to me, that's coaching malpractice. I don't give a fuck. It's too early in the season for you to do. These are not going into the game. Yeah. And this is my commentary on Jacksonville because guess what? Jacksonville is two and one. Guess what? Trevor Lawrence is looking like the number one pick. Meanwhile, I'm struggling with fucking Zach Wilson trying to remain healthy. And not knowing what the fuck you got with him. But there's one major difference. Trevor Lawrence has a real coach. A real quarterback coach. A real quarterback, quote unquote. I wouldn't say guru. I wouldn't say whisperer. But somebody with a proven track record. And... To Trevor Lawrence's uh, credit, he's uh, he's being able to, he's allowing himself to be molded into a better version of himself. But going into that game, I'm not going to lie, going into the season, I'm like, all right, you know, if, you know, because Jacksonville, to tell you the truth, I feel like they're in a, in a situation of, okay, this year, is about finding out what exactly do we have in Trevor and trying to develop him. If wins comes by as a byproduct, great. Great. And right now, wins are coming as a byproduct of him of his development. Even though they to me they still overpaid for Christian Vert, Christian Kirk. They overpaid to everybody else's standards for their franchise. They're like, you know what? He would he would complement our quarterback perfectly. Fuck it, we got to overpay to get him. As long as he produce, it's not an overpay. Now, the Saints. The Saints dropped to one and two. And they, uh, I, I, they lost to Carolina. Carolina climbed to one and two. And up until the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was 14 zip Carolina in New Orleans. You know, New Orleans is dealing with some right receiver, right receiver injuries. Uh, they have both Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry questionable for this upcoming week's games, but it's still early in the week, so you never know. It depends on how much how much practice time they can get in. So it probably be touch and go. 
but I believe uh, the word came out that Jarvis Landry had a high ankle sprain, so he's probably he's probably down for the first couple for at least a couple weeks. But um, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston. To me, Jameis Winston was salvageable if you still had Sean Payton as the head coach. If you still had him in the organization. I don't know if this is I won't I, I don't want this to be a slight to Mr. Winston. To Jameis, but um even with those weapons, the warts still come out but they just come out more consistently now that sean payton isn't able to scheme around the warts also drew Brees not being there might have something to do with it also but lastly dennis allen is a trash ass head coach so yeah once again one of the situations maybe he's a better defensive coordinator than he was a head coach we tried this before he has all the talent in the world, but he's a defensive coach. And you have all that offensive talent. I, I I didn't get that one. I mean, I know Peyton came out of left field. He probably just waiting for the other shoe to drop in Dallas. But I didn't get that one. My last top, um, my last thing that I want to touch on. It's the ongoing situation in Denver. Denver is 2-1. They won an 11-10 victory over the San Francisco 49ers, in which Jimmy G came out like a hot, hot bed of fire, burning bed, Farrah Fawcett. I don't know why that just came to my head. But he was 7-10, 101 yards. Of course, I play a parlay with that too, but I'll talk about that. I digress. But yeah. The problem to me when it came to that game, because that was a long game. I mean, it, it, that game felt like four days. When the game was over, I was like, damn, is it today's Monday? No, like today's Monday night. Oh, shit. No, it's still Sunday? Shit. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, that game, to me, was frustrating on several accounts. Russell Wilson, and maybe it's because of the commentary of Chris Collinsworth, in which it's almost like he was pleading to for, for Russell Wilson to take over the game. And the more he was pleading, the more I was being a little bit more focused on what he was doing or what he was attempting to do. And I started feeling like, yeah, Russ, yo, you got to put this team on your fucking back. Like, you're afraid to run. Uh, It's like you're trying to prove a point. Like, yo, I'm a pocket I'm a pocket passer. When he started making something out of nothing, when he started getting some traction with the broken plays, that led to their first one and only touchdown drive in which they finally got over the hump, took the 11 10 lead, 
and um Russell, I, I I don't know. It's just like Russell Russ seems off. I mean, he's not getting help from his receivers. I counted like six drops last night. He's not getting help, but it's like they're just going through the motions. The defense is fucking the truth. And that's why they brought Russ. That's why they gave him $250 million. To be the Russ that always wanted to cook. But right now, what the fuck is he cooking with? He's cooking with a lighter? He's cooking with a Roman candle? No, no, no. He's cooking with a birthday candle? Is he cooking with a toaster oven? Is he cooking with a hot plate? Is he cooking with a right wave? Is he cooking with a stove? Is it, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just going over and on and on and on. But the more I have felt last night watching that game, I felt that, all right, maybe the first game, yeah. Hackett, terrible job. Second game, yeah, the only reason y'all won is because Houston just couldn't capitalize on all y'all mistakes. But at the same time, he did show improvement. Last night, I'm looking at the game. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very conservative play calling game from Hackett. But like I've told y'all, Hackett is a very conservative family. Paul Hackett was very conservative. Two yards in a cloud of dust. Which go uh, what was it? Chuck and duck. The three yard jump dump offs. He was a he's a disciple of the West Coast R friends, but the original, like literally three yards in a cloud of dust. So it doesn't surprise me. But there's times and there's times that's gonna come up during the season that I hope Russ just finally just says, you know what, fuck this. Because it, it didn't even seem like he was frustrated, which is a good trait to have as a quarterback, but I don't know, just something seemed off, something seemed off. But yeah, you know. Now, this week, this uh, upcoming week, I looked at the slate. I don't know. I, I mean, there's a couple marquee games, and I will get into that. Because at least I know what the marquee games are. Because that's probably the only thing that Donnie knows. Because Donnie doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I believe that I probably should take a break this week. Because clearly, Donnie does not know what the fuck he's doing. But the one thing Donnie does know what the fuck he's doing is blowing a lot of bread. Man, relative speaking. Relatively speaking. A lot of bread for not winning at all. You know, so I'm not really going to talk about fantasy so much because. Yeah, that was me last week. That was me last week. So I guess, yeah, they could copyright that shit. Copyright. You're going to give me a fucking copyright strike on my own shit. It's my voice. Born with it. Anyway. That was me last week saying, yeah, I think I'm going to take a break next week. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to refrain from putting any coin on any type of fucking crazy ass parlays. I went against my own word. Went against my own word. I, this week, uh, how many did I do? I'm looking at them right now. One, two, three, four. I did four parlays. Kadani doesn't know what the fuck he's doing when he tells himself one week, yeah, I think I'm going to take a chin. I think I'm going to take a chill pill. And then I just end up relenting whatsoever. Once again, I'm like, I don't know. Do I have, do I have the fever? Should I call 1-800-ANONYMOUS? Gambler? I know that's way too many digits, but y'all know what the fuck I'm trying to say, whatever the number that is. Should I put a lock on my phone on these apps? Should I just delete the apps whatsoever? Altogether? Like, you know what? Delete them out of sight, out of mind. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get into my losses. My losses. Okay. The first one was a five-way parlay in which I did strictly over-unders. I lost right off the bat the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. I had them over 53, two high-scoring teams. I I thought that Miami was going to torch the Buffalo Bills secondary because they were missing both their safeties and a cornerback. And Buffalo only gave up 21 points. Tua, there was a controversy because Tua Tagovailoa, he uh, appeared to be concussed, walking off, walking back into the um, back into the huddle. Woozy, almost passed out, almost just dropped, and they later said that that was due to uh, pre-existing back and knee pain that caused him to almost fall even though he was walking as if he was dizzy wasn't walking with a limp there's an investigation ongoing nevertheless i lost that off the bat over 53 josh allen had 400 yards passing and only garnered 19 points he helped me on my fantasy actually put me over the put me over the hump I should record myself now as I'm doing this saying I am not going to bet next week at all because what happened to me this past Monday night, is enough to make a grown man cry. I will get into that in a minute. The next one. The Packers and the Bucks under 42, correct? The Bucks have no wide receivers. They were missing Mike Evans due to suspension. Godwin due to injury. Julio Jones due to injury. They had to pick up Cole Beasley off the scrap heap. Russell Gage had a couple key drops, but he did score the potential 
tying touchdown in the rain of seconds. The Packers, after going up 14-3, stalled, as they normally do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, even though they was going up and down the field. They were going up and down the field. They just couldn't convert after the first quarter. So, under 42, correct. The Saints and the Panthers. I already talked about the Saints. I had this game over 41. Because the Saints, even in losing, they did scrap up some points. At this, at one point, like I said earlier, the Saints were down 14 zip going into the fourth quarter. As soon as I saw that shit, I'm like, fuck. I had the under, under 50 and a half with Kansas City and the Colts. I know every team is going to employ that cover two shell and force Pat- Patrick Mahomes to matriculate the ball down the field. There's that word again, matriculate, matriculate, matriculate. So I already knew it was going, wasn't going to be a high scoring game. Plus Matt Ryan, even though they, they, they eked out a victory in the waning seconds. Matt Ryan is washed. Colts ain't doing shit this year. They better just concentrate on drafting a quarterback because they're wasting a lot of their prime years. That window, I mean, they don't have a window. If they they keep on thinking that getting one of these older quarterbacks are going to give them a window because they have a very good defense. They have Jonathan Taylor. They have good wide receivers. They have a stout running um, offensive line, somewhat. So, I don't know. But I was correct, under 50 and a half. Under 40 and a half was my pick for the Rams and the Cardinals. Rams beat the Cardinals 20 to 12. Hmm. Mr. McDowell, those Arizona Cardinals are trash. (laughs) I told y'all, Kyler Murray, even though he pulled a rabbit out the hat against the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas Raiders, it's not sustainable. Their offense, especially while they're missing Deshaun, um, no, 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 DeAndre Hopkins, D-Hop, as long as they're missing them, they're going to struggle. Rondell Ronde Moore should be coming back. Market uh Marquez Marquise Brown showed out, but James Conner hurt again. And tell you the truth, I think he's the key. He's the key. When he's healthy and productive, they win. If he's not in the lineup or he's in the lineup and he's ineffective, they lose. But I I actually won on that bet, but I lost in my parlay. So out of three out of five, was wasn't that good. And I'm gonna speed these shits up because nobody <coughs> excuse me. Nobody wanna hear me fucking drone and drone and drone about my losses. I had an eight pick parlay and yeah, I just shit the bet of all this. 
this is um once again overs over under oh matter of fact i'm sorry this was a single game parlay with the miami and the buffalo so i had over 24 points with the buffalo bills lost over 24 and a half with the with the miami dolphins lost over 279 with with Josh Allen passing one, two over two seventy nine. Uh-uh. Stephon Diggs over over sixty nine. Tyreek Hill had a quiet game, so right then and there, once he had a quiet game, my parlay was done. So then I said, you know what? I'm gonna go Monday night. I mean Sunday night. I'm gonna go seven way. Only got three out of what? Three out of four. Who fucked me over? Jerry Judy only had like 20, no, he had 17 um, reception yards. Had him over 39. Had Ket, had George Kittle over 29 and a half. You know how many yards George Kittle had? 28. Had Russell Wilson over 189. Passing. But the main event of Donnie doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Is this Monday night game? The New York Football Giants. I did a nine-way parlay, plus fifty forty, plus five thousand and forty. Nine ways, single game parlay, with the eighty percent parlay boost. And I did chicken shit. So I thought I was going to win. Peep this. These are my selections. Cowboys in total points over 12 and a half. Yeah, I knew they was going to score more than 12 and a half points. The Giants under 20 and a half points. The Giants have only scored 20 points one time this season, and that was in the season opener. And that was at the very end of the game. Cooper Rush, over 194 and a half passing yards. Yeah, he was going to do that, and he did. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, under 224 and a half passing yards. I looked at the stats. Daniel Jones has yet to crack the 200-yard barrier this season. So that was an easy pick for yours, truly. Ezekiel Elliott, under 89.5 rushing yards. He is going to split his carries with Tony Pollard. He is not. If anybody's going to go over the century mark, it's going to be Pollard because he still has that home run boost. Zeke does not. And Zeke is not going to get enough carries to continue eating. So, guess what? I won. Saquon Barkley, over 64 and a half yards rushing. I knew Saquon was going to be the offense. So, if they were going to be in any way competitive, Saquon was going to have to catch the ball at the backfield. And he was going to have to get some of those hard-earned rushing yards, which he did. 
Tony Pollard over 34 and a half. Yeah, that was a very, very minuscule total. But like I said, I was on some chicken shit. So I picked it. And of course, he blew past that. C.D. Lamb over 49 and a half receiving yards. I think he ended up with like 80 and 90 yards. Once again. So that's eight. Eight, I was correct. Do you know which one? Do you know which one cost me my parlay? I will tell you. Daniel Jones. And it was something meager. Daniel Jones under 34 and a half rushing yards. Because Daniel Jones doesn't have a fucking enough cojones, doesn't have enough confidence in his throwing ability that he looked to get out of the pocket at every opportunity and run instead of looking and taking the hit and throwing it down the field. First game this season, he has rushed for more than 25 yards. That's why Donnie is going to take a rest this week. Because Donnie does not know what the fuck he is doing. Well, people. That brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast. As always, I'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for making me end this here podcast the one y'all choose to listen to. Next week will be more of the same, more NFL football recaps of my New York JETS 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 and their impending one and three start, hopefully, but. Hopefully, a victory will be at hand in Pittsburgh against those damn Steelers. And I will give you another edition of Donnie doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, a.k.a. hopefully just fantasy picks, fantasy recap, talk about the New York Giants and their tussle with the Chicago Bears and all the other good shit. That is on deck next week also check out the youtube page youtube.com slash mike steph youtube.com slash mike steph in which i went quasi live last week and gave my two cents on the Adoka situation which in hindsight you better catch it now because it might be coming down as we speak. Um, a lot of jokes, not too serious, but at the same time, there are gems to be accumulated if you listen hard enough. That is on the YouTube page. A sprinkle of salt, if you will. Salty Dorsey Donnie Podcast, Sprinkle of Salt Edition. On the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Mike Steph. Like and subscribe, especially subscribe. So whenever I drop, it can be randomly because as I've said before, and I will reiterate, 
for the duration of the football season. The mothership, the Salty Thoughts of Donnie podcast, will be predominantly, majoritarily football related. Everything else will be on the YouTube page. Not only will I just be able to just drop randomly, so therefore you need to subscribe. Not only will I try to, you know, spiff your shit up and give the masses a view of my handsome ass mug, it gives you a double barrel approach, or should I say, I'm going to give you a double barrel approach of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie podcast. Get the audio version, and then you get the video version, whatever the fuck I feel like dropping. And also, we can have a little interaction with the live feature, maybe, depending, or whatever. But yeah, check out youtube.com slash Mike Steph for an extension of the Shorty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast whenever I decide to drop. Check out the videos that's on there now. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, so with that out the way, I want y'all to check out easytree.me slash Royal Donnie U. That's right, easytree.me slash Royal Donnie U for everything Donnie U. Salty Thoughts of Donnie U merch can be bought at easytree.me slash Royal Donnie U. And as always, if you want to hear Donnie U spit that hot fire, that can be heard at easytree.me slash Royal Donnie U. J. Furman, Donnie U, the eldest, EP, coming soon, coming this fall, coming sooner than you have any idea. It's coming. It's When it comes, it's going to come. The eldest, EP, coming soon, J. Furman, and yours truly, Donnie So, those are the plugs for me, I believe. Not a plug for others. Check out the Black Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Check them out each and every Thursday when they go BRP Live. Check them out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Check out my homie, my bro, the Mojo King, and his hidden gems of golf also check out his second offering in the podcasting sphere hip-hop hidden gems in which him the mojo king and his partner really freeman unearth all the gems in the world of hip-hop check them out on all streaming platforms where podcasts are available their newest episode dropped a cu- only a couple weeks ago. It's evergreen. I guess that's the terminology nowadays. It's about the Mojo King's favorite MC, Chino XL. Hip hop hidden gems. Hidden gems golf. Both of them are part of the 19. Before I get into 
my next plug. You know, the boys from Gimmick Infringement. I have to pick right here and right now to drop a bomb on y'all. There is another, this mother effer, the Mojo King. He got another show in the offering. And I know y'all probably like, yo, how many shows this dude got? I don't know. As far as I know, this is three. But the third one that's about to debut tomorrow, Thursday, and will probably drop each and every Thursday after that. His third offering. Hidden Gems Football. Yeah. We're the Mojo King. And his partner slash co-host. I don't know what the terminology I should use. But it's Donnie O. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Mojo King. And Donnie O. Each week, we'll recap the hidden gems in football. We will give y'all tidbits on the storylines that nobody's talking about. Tidbits on maybe that special team you need to pick for your survival pool to continue for the grand prize at the end of the season, whichever pool you in. And just football expertise by the Mojo King and Donnie O. Between those two individuals, it's over 40, no, over 80 years of football Knowledge? Yeah, I did say knowledge. You want to know why I say knowledge? Because no matter if you was 10 years old watching football, you're 15 playing football, you're 24 watching, playing, gambling football, you have to have some type of knowledge. I'm not saying educational knowledge, but eh, you know I'm fucking rambling. But check out Hidden Gems Football. Each and every Thursday on YouTube. And I believe all platforms, wherever podcasts are available. If that's not the case, I will retract that statement next week. Check them out. Support your brother, the Mojo King. Or should I say, my brother, the Mojo King, and support yours truly, Donnie Ooh, on my newest adventure. And to scale it back just a little bit, um, I would like to uh, put this out on my platforms, out to the masses, that I do appreciate um, being offered to be a part of this new adventure. And... Um, there will be some of Donnie Ooh on this new adventure, but um, at the end of the day, it'll always be Donnie. But at the end of the day, I just like appreciate the fact that uh, just bringing me into the fold um, 
or should I say, even into consideration. And, uh, you know, which go, we just going to try to do what we could do. You know, we have no idea how it's going to come out, but best believe that we are going to try to make sure each episode is better than the one that precedes it. So, yeah. Whew. Yeah, so that's the little surprise. That's a little bomb. And uh, what is that? Uh, pipe bomb? No, not red pipe bomb, but yeah. So, yeah, so please check it out. It will be on the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group. That's youtube.com slash 19 Media Group. And I'm quite sure if you go to the page, you will see Hidden Gems Football. Are you ready for some football? Are you ready for some football? (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah. So check out another part of the 19 Media Group family. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gimmick infringement. In which each week they unearth all the news in the past weeks in the happening, well, past week happenings in the world of professional wrestling. They have segments out the ass in which a rose for Tyler, especially a promo of the week from Tyler McDowell concerning the Bachelorette, the Bachelor, the Bachelor and the Bachelorette's fucking universe. A rose from Tyler in which he used to recap each week the happenings on the world of the Bachelorette. Brad drops jewels, drops gems, and one day when you have children. And one of these days, Tyler will have a rascal in which he can really, really, really ex- understand the gems in which Brad Winchester Winchester drops on a weekly basis. All that and more gimmick infringement. Those are my brothers from the Arizona. Those are my brothers from the desert. And uh, they will be around very, very soon. Very, very soon. Yes. Um, I have reached out to both of them for them to uh, appear on the Salty Thoughts of Donnie podcast. And both of them have agreed. We're just going to set up all the logistics and, and so forth. And those will be... T- oh, yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a catch. They will be separated. No, no, no. There will not be no tag team on Donnie Ooh. It will be one-on-one with Tyler, one-on-one with Brad. And just to get into everything possible within reason. So, yeah. So check out Gimmick Infringement on YouTube, like, and subscribe. Check them out on all streaming platforms wherever podcast is available. Last but certainly not, certainly not least is Body More Bottles on YouTube, like, and subscribe. Yeah, it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, so I got to do Body More Bottles on YouTube, like, and subscribe. Check out the homie Zell, the number one reviewer in all of Baltimore. Check them out on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash body more bottles. One of his last, one of his last videos where he did a week of body more bottles on all the YouTubes, all the Instagrams, all the Twitters, all the Twitters. <laughs> the Twitters. <laughs> the tweets. <laughs> 
but yeah, he did. Yo, he was. There was this one concoction he came up with. What was it? It was twisted iced tea, mixed with despite simply lemonade, mixed with some tequila, and he called it the John Daly, the alcoholic version of the Arnold Paul, because it's gonna get you bent. But when he just said, you know what? Let me put it over here, you know, just cover that with ice and you I can't even do it justice. You gotta check them out on the youtube.com slash body more bottles on YouTube. Like and subscribe. What the fuck? You heard me? Yeah. I was trying to cut this shit down, but regardless, it don't really matter because um like I said, starting tomorrow will be a new adventure of Donnie Ooze um would be with it would be a well, I'll be a part of a new adventure, you know. Uh, hidden gems football, hidden gems football, youtube.com slash 19 media group Thursdays. Check us out, support, let us know what we can do better, and we're going to strive to do so. All right, so until next week. Goodbye. Bye.